This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Welcome in, everybody, as once again, I help you understand what it's like to live with and understand and deal with and manage a particular type of cancer, lymphoma. Many of you either know somebody who's had it or maybe has had some kind of experience with it. It's very different because I I talk about cancers that affect certain organs or parts of the body and you can visualize and see that a little bit better but with this it's affecting cells and it's impacting how you're responding to things like infection and diseases as well what's it like from real patient perspective to understand this concept Joining me on today's edition of Health Matters, Dr. Nicholas Grigoropoulos joining me. He's Senior Consultant from the Department of Hematology at SGH. Doc, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Um, yeah, thanks. Uh, great to be here. When we talk about lymphoma, explain to us a little bit more about this. So unlike you know a cancer of an organ, this is a blood cancer. That's correct. Um, so uh, lymphoid cells, um, are they are white blood cells, and these are an important part of our immune system. So in our blood, we have the red cells that carry the oxygen. We have the white cells that fight infection. And lymphoma is one of those unfortunate cancers that really affects the immune system. So a cancer can affect, it's, we just, in, in our mind, just think that it's abnormal cell reproduction is affecting physical, but it can affect even the blood cells. And is the same thing happening? Abnormal cells are replicating? Um, it's a very similar, very similar process. Um, there is some uh, variation from different uh, types of lymphoma, exactly what the problem is. But generally speaking, yes, it is cells that are replicating out of control. But instead of, as you say, being cells from a particular organ that we can visualize, like the lung or the gut, these are of the immune system and they're you know, widespread throughout the body already. So what are we talking about in terms of types of blood cancers? Is there just the one type? Are there many? There's, there's over a hundred of them um, if, if, you go, if you go by the book. So lymphoma is more of an umbrella term that captures the cancers that are from cells of a lymphoid origin, their particular type of white blood cell. So there's leukemia, which is another type that a lot mm-hmm. of people have heard of, and lymphoma, which is a different type of blood cancer. So let's drill down to lymphoma specifically as a different mm. type of blood cancer. What does that mean? that the cells that are, that are multiplying and out of control in lymphoma, um, they are the, the, the cells of the immune system, the ones that would normally be called into action when we get an infection like COVID or you know, pneumonia or something like that. But with lymphoma, because these cells are abnormal, they cannot fight off the infection. So it's not just that they're causing problems by enlarging lymph glands or making people feel unwell, but on top of that, if somebody gets an infection, which is very common, they're much less able to fight that infection because of these uh, because of this weakened immunity. This is like a, such a double whammy scenario. Exactly a double whammy. Yes. Because isn't somebody who's already immunocompromised and dealing with the cancer also more likely to potentially contract an infection? Yeah, um, but there's there's degrees of immunocompromise. You know, almost everyone who has cancer has some degree of immunocompromise. But if you look at lymphoma patients, especially you know the ones with the more aggressive types of lymphoma, for example, or even the ones who are having chemotherapy, they are at the more severe end of the spectrum of immunocompromise, especially when it comes to viral infections like COVID. Like you said, a lot of people might be familiar with the term leukemia and they've heard lymphoma as well. What are we talking about in terms of rates or incidence here? What's most common? In the West, 
um, it's mostly chronic lymphocytic leukemia, which is a long-standing type of, uh, of leukemia that, that is the most common. Um, here in our parts in, in Southeast Asia, we have uh, aggressive lymphomas like um, de diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, which is a, a one of the more common subtypes. It's common in the West um, as well, but not as common as uh, chronic leukemia. Here, um, it's, the chronic leukemias are not so common, and it's this aggressive, uh, what we call diffuse large B-cell lymphoma that is the most common subtype if you want to drill down into it. Have there been any rates or trends or patterns that we've been seeing? Uh, are we seeing increasing numbers, increasing rates? Lymphoma, you know, one of those cancers that is driven by mutations in the, in the DNA. The longer we live, the longer we expose ourselves to, to, to getting these uh, mutations. And eventually, you know, one of the cells will catch enough mutations to become cancerous. So it's a feature of an aging population. Another driver is that uh, we are doing more solid organ transplants, so kidney transplants, lung transplants, and those patients need their immune system to be suppressed. And a lot of the time when the immune system is suppressed, that can lead to a rise in lymphoma. Doc, let's talk a little bit more about who is going to develop this kind of cancer? Do we know whether, for example, it's more common in men, women? Is age a factor here? What do we know about lymphoma and who it's affecting? There are different types of lymphoma that have that affect uh, preferentially um, men and others that uh, preferentially affect women. So earlier on, we mentioned that there are many different types, over 100, 100 types. So if you think there's a lymphoma called mantle cell lymphoma, which um, overwhelmingly um, affects men, there's other lymphomas that, um, like mediastinal lymphoma that mostly affect women. By and large, uh, lymphomas do affect older uh, people, so generally those over 60, and the older one gets, the greater the chances are of getting a lymphoma. However, um, there are some lymphomas, a famous example being Hodgkin's disease, or Hodgkin lymphoma, as it's called nowadays, that also affects younger people like teenagers um, and those in their, in their early 20s. Very, very rarely lymphoma can also um, affect children, but thankfully that's, that's quite uncommon. So um, regarding men versus women, it depends on the type of lymphoma. Generally, it's pretty evenly balanced and regarding age groups, mostly the elderly, but with some exceptions, Hodgkin's being the most notable example. Actually, now that you've brought it up and mentioned it, can you talk to us a little bit about those phrases, Hodgkin's lymphoma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, because a lot of people have heard about that. Oh, yeah, of course. So, um, back uh, back in the day, you know, Hodgkin looked down the microscope and he discovered this um, this new type of, of disease, which has um, uh, since then been been known as uh, as Hodgkin's lymphoma. But then, as the years went by, other physicians were discovering diseases that were very very similar, um, uh, but but they wanted to to be differentiated from from Hodgkin. So it was still a lymphoma because it's a cancer of the white cells of the lymph glands, um, but it wasn't the one that Hodgkin described. So that's a historical um, a kind of uh, a se segregation. There's a few different types of Hodgkin lymphoma. There's hundreds of types of non-Hodgkin lymphoma, of course, uh, because of the, of the way that um, the, the, the nomenclature uh, developed over the years. And what are we talking about in terms of if one were to develop this, what are the survival rates? What do we know to do? Oh, wow. 
so it really, really varies, you know. So um, for Hodgkin lymphoma, let's say a, a teenage, somebody in their you know, late uh, teens, early 20s gets it. If it's limited stage disease, in other words, it hasn't spread too much, you can get cure rates of 90% or above. Even if it has spread um, quite a lot, uh, you can still get cure, maybe even more than half of the people who get Hodgkin lymphoma. Then we move over to non-Hodgkin, the most common type that we talked about, diffuse large B-cell lymphoma, we're going to call it DLBCL for short. Again, if it's uh, limited stage, it hasn't spread very much, you can get cure rates of 70 to 80%. If it has spread a lot, um, then um, the, the, the cure rates drop to around 50% and sometimes even lower. Now, these cure rates will also depend on generally how strong the body is because um, a lot of the treatment for lymphoma is, as I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners will know, is chemotherapy, right? Um, and in order for the body to tolerate chemotherapy, you know, there has to be some, some strength there. Um, and unfortunately, the older some people get, the, the, well, the older we get, the weaker our bodies get, the less able we are to tolerate chemotherapy. And so um, the, the survival rates, unfortunately, do tend to dip uh, as, as people get older. I do want to talk about the treatment and management uh, protocols that are in place and how newer treatment options like CAR T-cell therapies are, are playing a part even for blood cancers like lymphoma. But just before we do that, I'm, I'm curious, like, what is, what is, how is it usually picked up? How does, is there a sign? Is there a symptom? What happens? Yeah. So um, the, the symptoms can be that um, somebody can be just feeling tired, out of sorts, you know, fatigue, malaise, not feeling right for, for several weeks, um, or having unexplained fevers, losing their appetite, losing weight, not feeling well at all. Um, other times uh, they, they go to a, they, they might go to a GP, the GP will examine them and feel that they might have a, the patient has a swollen lymph gland either in the neck or under the arms or in the groin. Um, other times it, um, it shows up um, in, in a blood test. Sometimes lymphoma cells um, can spill, uh, do, uh, are obvious um, on, the, on, the blood, on the blood test that we do. And then if a patient has one or more of those you know, suspicious findings, then we move on to more definitive uh, diagnostic uh, tests like, um, like scans and biopsies. Let's understand a little bit more about the treatment protocols here. I mean, traditionally speaking, maybe walk us through how do we normally treat lymphomas versus what are some of the newer things that we're seeing come online that can help with this? Lymphoma was one of the first diseases to actually be targeted with immunotherapy. Um, so we have been uh, recruiting the immune system to fight lymphoma now for 30 over years. And it's only been, but however, in the last few years, uh, as uh, you and um, many listeners will know, there's been an explosion um, in, in, uh, in immune, in therapies that um, rely on the immune system. Traditional chemotherapy um, still has a role. We still can get, you know, excellent survival rates um, when we combine uh, traditional chemotherapy with immunotherapy. That's our go-to option. That's what we do um, straight off the bat uh, for, for most um, of, uh, of our patients um, with, uh, with lymphoma. Um, now, uh, unfortunately, some cases, like we discussed earlier, will relapse. The lymphoma will come back, and uh, and we have to try alternative approaches. So there are now newer drugs that can um, activate different parts of the immune system. Um, there are uh, drugs that are more effective in bringing the chemotherapy closer to the cancer cells, 
So the, the options um, are expanding. In order to try and maximize the possibility of surviving lymphoma, of getting cured, um, I think the most important thing is don't leave it, don't procrastinate, um, because early stage disease when lymphoma hasn't spread so much is still much more curable than, uh, than advanced stage disease. Now, some lymphomas, uh, unfortunately, are not curable. However, those lymphomas tend to have what we call a long kind of natural cycle, so uh, meaning that patients can go for many years without needing any kind of treatment. They have a lymphoma that may have been diagnosed um, by chance because they had a scan for some other reason, and there are lymphomas like that. They exist in our bodies. They weaken our immune system a little bit, but maybe not so much that we would pay attention to it, and that's another spectrum of the disease, and there, there's nothing really the patients can do about it because you know, if it doesn't make you feel unwell or cause you any problems, how are you to know? Mm. So, yeah. So, and the interesting thing is over the years, I've been hearing so much about, you know, good responses of immunotherapies, particularly with the blood cancers. That's where all mm. the initial data and all the initial research exactly, yeah. and good findings have been. And then I always seeing something like CAR T cell therapies come online. I've been hearing a lot about that. Does that have a role to play here? Absolutely. Um, so, uh, CAR T cell therapy is revolutionizing the way that we treat lymphoma after it relapses following chemotherapy. So um, the uh, immunotherapy um, itself can also have side effects. It's not, you know, a completely clean magic bullet, um, unfortunately, at least in the kinds of lymphomas that we're talking about that mainly affect um, adults. Um, so um, the the traditional combination of um, immune treatment and chemotherapy up front is still has still quite a lot to offer. It brings quite a lot to the table in terms of efficacy, how well patients respond, how many what what is the cure rate, and also it is considerably less toxic um, uh, than than a lot of uh, uh, CAR T cell treatments um, that that we offer as well. So at this point in time, you know we're all very excited about. Um, CAR T cell therapy and very supportive of developing this service uh, here in Singapore. But if, for the time being, however, the the the, the cure rates and the safety of um, of tr- traditional immunotherapy with um, chemotherapy is is still the number one choice. I think for the for everyone who treats uh, lymphomas. Doc, thank you so much for joining me on the program today and helping my listeners understand a little bit more about lymphoma and some of the latest advances we're seeing in terms of treatment protocols as well. My guest on the program, Dr. Nicholas Grigoropoulos, who is Senior Consultant from the Department of Hematology at SGH. This has been Health Matters, and you can listen to more Health Matters podcasts simply by going on down to cna.asia slash listen, scroll down to CNA 938 On Demand, and click on Health Matters. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.